Good morning and welcome to Mining Stock Daily. Today we run through some of the headlines out of this sector and also visit with two companies. Conversations I recorded during my time at Beaver Creek last week. This week I'm reporting from the Denver Gold Forum and I will have more interviews to come from that event. Welcome to Mining Stock Daily. Today is Tuesday, September 17th. After having another $14 removed from its valuation level of Friday, the price of gold popped as much as $23 on Monday on news of the Saudi oil field bombing early Monday morning. The Mining Stock Journal commented that the Bouillon Bank price containment team went to work when the COMEX floor trading opened Monday morning, working to push the paper price of gold down during the balance of U.S. market hours. It's significant. However, the price comfortably held $1,500 on a front-month futures basis. Silver managed to climb back over $18 on a futures contract basis. Today's briefing is brought to you by Monero Alamos. Monero Alamos is an advanced-stage exploration and development company with multiple low-capex projects in Mexico. Monero Alamos is traded with the symbol MAI on the TSXV and with MAIFF in the US OTC markets. Read more about the development strategies at MoneraAlamos.com. Here's what you need to know today out of the junior resource sector. Bricks and Metals shallow scout drilling at the LD zone at its Atlin Goldfields project has returned 8.53 grams per ton gold over 2 meters from 40 meters depth. Brixton drilled just under 1,400 meters and 18 holes at the LD zone. The company also identified a new target 4 kilometers northwest of the LD area, where rock grab sampled returned 45 grams per ton gold. Brixton Metals trades on the TSX Venture with BBB and on the OTC markets with BBBXF. Integra Resources has included former Idaho Governor C.L. Butch Otter to the company's board of directors. Governor Otter served as the 32nd Governor of Idaho from 2007 to 2019 and was also a member of Congress from 2001 to 2007. Governor Otter said the area of which the Delamar Project is located has been very dependent on ranching and agriculture in recent years. Modern and responsible mining, like the plan set forward in Integra's PEA, would provide several hundred well-paying jobs for the nearby communities. Integra trades on the TSX Venture with the symbol ITR and on the US OTC markets with IRRZF. Yesterday, Novo Resources announced they received positive results from preliminary tests of eddy current separator technology for potential processing options at its Agena Terrace Gravel Gold project. The company says tests conducted on a spectrum of nugget sizes ranging from 1 to 10 millimeters demonstrated consistently high gold nugget recovery. In addition to the ECS technology, the company is also testing mechanical sorting technology to detect small gold nuggets. Novo trades on the TSX Venture with NVO and in the OTC markets in the U.S. with NSRPF. On a side note, please tune in later this week as we share an interview with two well-known CEOs within this junior mining space as we talk all things ore sorting technology and how they are being applied to two different projects on opposite sides of the globe. Kirkland Lake says underground expansion drilling at the South Mine Complex at Mikasa has intersected high-grade mineralization 200 meters northeast of the current resource. Intercepts included 111.8 grams per ton gold over 2.1 meters. New drilling west of the South Mine Complex returned 24.4 grams per ton gold over 2 meters. 
Kirkland says underground development on the 5300 level at Mikasa will be ongoing throughout this year. Two ore drills have recently been added to the program, and Kirkland trades on the TSX with and the NYSC with the symbol KL. That concludes today's briefing. Now let's turn to my conversation with a couple members of the Crystal Lake Mining Team and then transition to my discussion with Philippe Cloutier of Cartier Resources. Everybody, welcome to Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall reporting from the Beaver Creek Precious Metal Summit. And right now we are doing some fun stuff with a corporate update from one of our website sponsors. That's Crystal Lake Mining. To my right, I have Sean Kingsley, the Director of Communications uh, with Crystal Lake, and also Mauricio Napoli, the Vice President of Exploration with Crystal Lake. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Crystal Lake is, it's, it's, it's a relatively new company, but it's got a lot of exposure lately. There's a lot of excitement happening there uh, up in, uh, near the Golden Triangle. Uh, Mars, give us a little rundown of the, the project of Crystal Lake and, and why for you as an exploration person, it's so exciting to work out there. Yeah, so um, Crystal Lake is uh, exciting for a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, the actual uh, land package. It's in the heart of the Golden Triangle, uh, situated like seriously in the center of the Golden Triangle. We're surrounded by famous deposits like the Galore Creek deposit, the KSM, Seabridge's deposit, uh, Bruce Jack, some like world-class gold mines. Uh, you know, we're a gold, copper, silver play right now. And um, the other reason that it's really exciting too is that Crystal Lake has assembled a team, and it's taken it's taken a while, but we've assembled a team of experts that's, you know, second to none. Uh, porphyry experts, uh, gold experts, gold experts who've worked in the Golden Triangle for most of their careers. Uh, we've got an, a technical advisor who's, you know, essentially world famous, Peter Lightfoot. And, uh, and so we are, we are a triangle with, we're, we're a company with the right people, and we have a great, great location on the Golden Triangle. And we've got, already this year, in the first year, we've got some really exciting results. Yeah, yeah. Sean, how, why is it, as a director of communications, why is this an exciting project for you? It's a very special project. You know, we're, we're very fortunate to be working on something that really hasn't been tapped into in terms of potential. Um, you know, it's the Golden Triangle, it's the SK Camp. There's a lot of history going on in that area. And yeah, like Mara said, we have the right team, put that together, and pretty much we're firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah. So tell us where we're at, Mars, right now with, uh, the, with exploration, you know, hopefully leading to a, a drill discovery, right? But what's, uh, what's been the work that's been done throughout the summer after you could finally get crews up there after the snow kind of melted, right? Yeah, so first and foremost, uh, and this is really important in any jurisdiction in Canada, first and foremost, we're fully permitted for all the exploration we do now, plus we're fully permitted for the exploration going forward, even an expanded exploration program. Secondly, we've got a brand new 50-man camp. We went big off the bat. We actually rehabilitated the old airstrip, so we have a fully functional airstrip right on our camp. You can basically land an airplane and walk to your sleep tent. I think that's kind of a very unique thing in the Golden Triangle. And, uh, and also we have, uh, we've, we've got ourselves a, a team of people right off the bat that, that hit the ground running because the team knows what they're doing. So this summer has been incredible. We've, we've got uh, a huge surface exploration program collected between rocks, soils, XRF, and TerraSpec samples. We're probably well over 20,000 samples on the ground. It's, it's almost unheard of, you know, for, for one summer program. And we've got drill targets, and we started drilling about four weeks ago. And we've now uh, in the heart of the drilling program, and we're going to continue drilling for a bit longer still. But we're going to get enough holes completed this summer to to be able to release some results. And we haven't seen any results up to this point, right? Uh, we've seen surface results, 
uh, and the drilling results have just started coming in now, and we're gonna we're expecting release drilling results from from here on in on a, on a regular basis. At, at what depth does that mineralization look like it might be located? So uh, in one of so we've got three areas we've managed to focus. So that's the other big thing we did this summer on a big land package. You got to focus fast, and we've managed to focus in on three areas. So up on our Burgundy Ridge area, we've got about nine holes, and those are completed. And that 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 assay data should be coming back starting in about the next two to three weeks. Uh, we focus on the golden uh, the golden uh, corridor called the Newmont Lake Gold Corridor. That's probably one of our most exciting targets. We've got a gold deposit on site, 200,000 ounces in an historic resource and now we've got a lot of evidence that shows that not only can we possibly expand this resource but there are very similar there's evidence of very similar environments nearby and up to eight kilometers away like we've got this whole thing now over a large strike length so that's an exciting portion and we haven't released many results on our chachi corridor but suffice it to say that we're quite excited about it and that's what we've said about it so far yeah you should mention the faults that's very important in the gold corridor yeah so we've identified uh, when you're in when you're looking for gold exploration one of the big tickets is to try and identify the, the actual the structure that acts as your as your conduit where all the gold mineralization essentially comes up the fluids that carry the gold and we've done that We've, we've identified a corridor. It's it's probably close to 20 kilometers long that we haven't exposed. We have exposure of it over 20 kilometers across the entire property. So the it's the McClement Fault is the corridor, and it's exciting because of its length and the fact that it's so well exposed. Well, other than you know a lot of the exploration potential and the work that's been done this summer, and uh, you know we'll hopefully see some drill results come back here in the next couple of weeks, if not sooner. There's been other news with Crystal Lake, and that's you had a very special investment from Rob McEwen, a uh, personal investment on his side. Uh, Sean, what does that mean uh, to kind of show the market that uh, you know, bringing in a good strategic uh, big-name investor like that was a mean for Crystal Lake? Well, of course, Rob, Rob's a very smart individual. He, he founded Gold Corp. He created it from like a $30 million market cap to... You know, eight billion dollars. Um, he understands the market. He understands commodity prices. He understands. He actually wanted to acquire this project a year and a half ago. He uh, he acquired a, a project from our vendor uh, in Timmins, which him and uh, Mars actually hit it off because he worked out in Timmins. He understands the structures of that. But um, he liked this project a year and a half ago, but they never grabbed it. So, so but do you? At a time, like, you know, we've seen, like, somebody like Eric Sprock come in and, yeah. and put money all over the place. I mean, obviously, you know, Rob hasn't put money to that extent uh, to other companies, but it is meaningful because does it validate Crystal Lake as a as a really good high-potential discovery? It's definitely a foot in the door. It's 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 an early position. He likes our team. He likes the project. He likes the commodities. So it's it's definitely a foot in the door. Um, but yeah, we we got to put out some assay results. We got to get that yeah. stuff going to really tell the picture. In the last couple of weeks, people noticed that we started putting out news releases to give people the bigger picture. Because before we got out to the project, it was a small area that we knew Burgundy Ridge and we knew the resource. We didn't know how big these uh, areas were going to get. We've done a lot of work in the last four months, and then now it's time to really put those pieces together, and, and Rob understands it. All right. Gentlemen, it's a really exciting time. I look forward to seeing the news that comes out here in the next couple of weeks, and we'll be sure to give our listeners updates as, uh, as those come along. So uh, until then, have a great, uh, have a great time uh, enjoying the rest of Colorado, and uh, we'll be sure to touch base with you soon. Thanks for having us in Denver, or Colorado. <laughs> yeah, thanks again, Trevor. Really good.
Welcome to Mining Stock Daily. This is Trevor Hall, and right now I am priv- privileged to sit with Philippe Clotier with Cartier Resources. He is the president and CEO of the company. Cartier is traded on the Toronto Venture Exchange with the symbol ECR and on the US OTC markets with ECRFF. Philippe, good to join you here. How are you this morning? I am fine. Thank you, Trevor. So you, you have got a wonderful project that uh, has been a lot of kind of uh, chatter about without the junior industry. This, that's the Chimo project up yep. there in the Abitibi. Uh, for people who may be unfamiliar with Chimo, can you give us a quick rundown of the project, how you acquired it, and where you're at with it at this point? Uh, yes, indeed. The Chimo mine is was uh, ceased production in 1997. Um, before that, it had produced in the mid-60s about 60,000 ounces, and then in the mid-80s it got up and running again, uh, and they produced about 100,000 ounces. They were taken over by a senior company, Cambier at the time, which is now IM Gold, and uh, they then themselves produced another 220,000 ounces. So all said and done, uh, it produced historically just under 400,000 ounces of gold, yet it shut down in 1997, not for lack of ore, but specifically because the price of gold back then was, I think, $275 US or $400 Canadian. So the opportunity um, here is that we've taken a project that has clear endowment, uh, uh, upside potential in exploration, a depth of these zones and laterally, uh, which we've done in the past two years. And uh, we have a totally different economic ecosystem right now with gold at uh, $1,500 US. So the opportunity here is, uh, will Chimo get back into production yet a fourth time? And it does, I mean, obviously there's exploration potential with, you know, within that project area as well. Can you describe what the work you've done and drilling results that leading up to this point? Indeed. Uh, our strategy when we picked up this project was simply to look at what had been done historically, outline the targets which were no more than, you know, the known gold zones, you know, demonstrated mineralization. And we engineered a program to follow up at depth and laterally where the predecessors have had essentially shelved the project. And we were rewarded. We drilled about 110 diamond drill holes, just under 50,000 meters of diamond drilling. And uh, our success rate was such that we were publishing from 2017 to right up to mid-2019 a press release per three weeks with results which are basically economic gold intersections. Uh, economic if this thing ever gets back into production. And uh, the market, for obvious reasons, um, uh, didn't really pay attention because, as you remember, it was cryptocurrency and, and cannabis stocks which were basically eating the mining industry's lunch um, uh, from a marketing perspective. But we are now getting a lot of attention because of the sudden turn in the price of gold and because um, in the last four or five years the senior companies local or outside companies you know have not been replenishing their ore reserves and and so a company like Cartsay that has focused on a on a past producer like Chimo uh, is now now all of a sudden on the radar screen because we potentially have brought to the, this market, this uh, this minor market, uh, new ounces of gold. Yeah. Well, in the Chimo mine, still it still remains really good infrastructure on the property. Can you give us a kind of a rundown and uh, you know 
a breakdown of what that infrastructure looks like now and how it's been cared for over the years? Well, it has a shaft that goes down to 920 meters. It has, I think, over seven kilometers of drift underground. So you're not looking to having to sink a new shaft to the tune of, I don't know, 150 or $200 million. You're looking at simply dewatering an in, uh, a shaft that was uh, flooded uh, in uh, the mid-2000, uh, 2006. Uh, the shaft, uh, the, the structure was dismantled, but it was covered with a concrete plate. There's a 25 kilovolt um, um, power line that comes within 300 meters of that shaft. And so, and, and the project itself is just a 30-minute drive from downtown Valdor. And eventually, if ore is being mined from this operation, it can be sent to five uh, local mills, you know, within 50 kilometers of, of the site. So you, you've, got, you've got tremendous infrastructure, you've got a uh, qualified workforce, you've got a jurisdiction which is steep in mining culture uh, and acceptance, and then you've potentially, as we've uh, announced on, on, on Tuesday last, uh, potentially have a, a project that is going to uh, produce a number of ounces that should indicate that this thing might get into production again. What does that, that resource quantity look like right now? Uh, I'm not at liberty of saying that. It will, that's a number that will be published. I think in Q4 of 2019, and then from that point on, I think the analysts or, or the market will be able to re-rate our stock uh, accordingly, and, and if not, well, at least we'll have a, a document which everybody could read, because right now we are popular, but we're popular amongst a, a, a close-knit uh, group of, of, of corporates or mining investors and, and analysts. To publish that resource estimate next quarter, uh, what needs to be done? Will you be doing any drilling or mobilizing any drills to hit certain spots that maybe you haven't hit before? That's a very good question. Actually, the, the 43101 resource estimate report will only address the core or central part of the project, which was the object of drilling the last two years. Uh, then in the next quarter after that, we will potentially add additional um, uh, resources uh, with the northern and the southern shears. And then sometime in the future, we'll probably back that up with some engineering studies. So it's, we've actually initiated a, a, a news flow system or a growth process for the project. So that's going to be one avenue of news flow. You touched on drilling. We would like to get those drills back out there in the field simply because there are two new target areas at depth that we had just discovered when we suspended drilling in June of 2019 that indicate to us and our potential suitors that, hey, if we don't go drill those targets, we might just have to leave that value on the table, which we're reverse, which we don't want to do, you know. Yeah. Well, and there's a number of hand, hands at play here. I mean, as a project that is kind of ripened and de-risked for uh, some sort of acquisition, uh, most you know, most likely in the future, it's kind of what, you know, how far do you how far do you choose as the CEO of this company to take this thing uh, to continue to add value, um, you know, without playing all your cards, right? That's right. There's there's always that that turning point, that tipping point where you're from from point A to B, you're drilling. 
in for your shareholder interest and from the point B on forward you're actually drilling for the potential buyer and it doesn't really add value or benefit your shareholder so that we're, we're nearing that point right now where we have to make that critical critical decision and that and, and that final push of drilling uh, that we'd like to get up and going in the in this quarter is is going to tell us that is going to spell the future of the project well the good news is you're cashed up and so you can afford to drill if you yeah. decided to go that route yeah right? we got about six million in the bank uh, well five million in the bank right now and another million coming from the government credits in Quebec so we're looking we have a solid treasury. We have a tremendous asset in in in, um, in Chimo, and then we have a tremendous team, and we're also in a part of the beginning of a, what seems to be a bull market. So it's a very very interesting situation for us. But we're not a one-trick pony, you know. We we have three other deposits and, and how that came about if you have a few more minutes I'll, I'll tell you yeah well that's actually one of the things I did want to ask about is because you know Chimo obviously seems to uh, take most of the attention but you do have other projects in the portfolio that is also leveraged and tell us what those projects are and what you would like to do with those okay listen actually we have four deposits Chimo being one of them we only elected to focus on Chimo because it, it, you know, from a from an engineering or a mining point of view, it's the one that's closest to the finish line. Yet our three other assets have tremendous value. They sit in in the heart of what we call the uh, the windfall, uh, a Cisco Kirkland Lake district that's 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 firming up just north of the Cadillac Break in in, in the Abitibi, and and so these three other deposits. Uh, in order of our preferences would be Benoit, and then there would be Fenton, and then there would be Wilson. Benoit is a historical resource that was discovered just before the Briex scandal hit in 1997. And um, there was a historical resource estimate done on that uh, for about 100, 150,000 ounces of gold, and then all hell broke loose. And it was a project that was ignored. But what is special about Benoit is you're getting drill hole intersections that range from five to seven grams per ton over 40 to 50 meter intervals. And then you get subsections grading 10 grams per ton gold over 10 meter intervals. So you've got, you've got grade, you've got continuity, and you have tremendous upside potential because it was never drilled below uh, what were common depths of investigation in the mid-90s, which was from surface right down to 300 meters. You know, God forbid anybody drill below the 400-meter zone. So we have all of that at depth. And uh, in 2014, we popped a hole at 700-meter depth. And, you know, that's where we left the project off, is we actually core through seven meters, 70 meters of mineralization. So we're very keen on getting back onto that project. Um, what were the grades on that mineralization hole, do you remember? We had, I think, uh, 1.5 grams over seven meters, and it included a cut of 24 grams over three meters. So uh, if people go to our website, they, we've, we've, we've put all that information in, in the various project subfolders. And um, again, once we've, once we've found the right solution uh, for Chimo that will benefit our shareholders, we're ready to, to go drilling on Benoit. It's, it's at that point, you know. 
Well, it's an interesting, uh, well, it's a good problem to have, right? You have Chimo, and it's uh, it's basically ready to go in some sort of fashion, but you can take it how you would like to. Yeah. <laughs> Listeners can take it how they'd like. Uh, but there, there's a lot of potential, like, you know, I think a lot of people forget that Cartier is a multi-asseted uh, company, right? Yeah, as an investor, you got you, 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 when you look at a junior exploration company, you say, well, look, can these guys keep the lights on? Yes, we have a lot the cash to keep going. Two, uh, do they are they a one-trick pony? Well, no, we have Chimo and then we have three other deposits. Uh, three, what are the risks? Are they in a risky jurisdiction? No, we're in the Abitibi, uh, an area that's known and has a tradition of discovery, and uh, it, it, it's, it's home to many mining giants. And then, and the last question is, well, you know, have, do these guys have a track record of any shape, form of success? And yeah, I mean, if you look at our team, if you look at our board of directors, um, many of us are associated with, with uh, you know, having put deposits into production and having found deposits. So. I mean, I think if you look at Cartse from an analytic point of view, we check off a lot of the boxes. And I would encourage your listeners to actually go to our website. And if they don't find the answers or they're in, you're not, not quite satisfied, then give me a call and, and, and I'll direct them, you know, answer the questions as best I can. I did want to uh, leave by asking one last question. That really is the about the Abitibi itself. I mean, there's so much activity going there. I mean... <laughs> The mining going on with the Cisco is just unbelievable, or the the drilling going on with Cisco is just unbelievable. You know, give us your analysis of the Abitibi and where you think this jurisdiction can be while we are just in the beginning stages of this bull market. The Abitibi is a greenstone belt that has a, is about 600 kilometers long, 300 kilometers wide. It's east-west-ish. It's been picked at for the past hundred years. It's seen production of about 200 million ounces of gold uh, and, and copper and silver and zinc as well. So it's steep in mining culture. Um, the, the good thing about it is it's got demonstrated endowment. And mining exploration and mining itself is a risky business. And so Part of the equation is how are you going to de-risk that? Well, the Abitibi offers that simply because it's, it's got tremendous geological setting, proven endowment, qualified workforce, uh, proximal to infrastructure, um, and, and, and the historics behind it. And, and that holds the players there, the explorers and the miners, to a high level of accountability. If you're in remote jurisdictions, I'm not saying that's not good. I'm just saying that in remote jurisdictions, while well, you're, you're, you're faced with high cost of access, you're, you've got everything to prove in de- geological endowment for one. So the Abitibi ticks off all the boxes. And especially in, in, in this day and age where you want your professionals and the people in that space to be held to a high level of accountability. And the Abitibi does that geologically, uh, it does it from an economic perspective. It does it from a logistical perspective. Um, I think it's one of those premier jurisdictions in the world. Uh, it's comparable to the the, the Cretons in in, 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 um, in Australia and Brazil that also have you know tremendous endowment. But it, and it's also closer to home. It's on the North American continent and basically from Colorado. It's a long drive, but we could get there without get hopping on a plane or a boat or anything, right? right. right. 
Well, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the jurisdiction because, you know, some of the, the discussion this group is basically like the opportunities for consolidation, specifically yeah. between Osisco and Kirkland Lake as they are yeah. two big players up there. But it's not necessarily about if that's going to happen. <clears throat> I wanted to see if there's similarities. We saw the big consolidation in Nevada between Barrick and Newmont. And I think the jury's still out if that was a good thing for the junior explorcos in Nevada or not. Mm-hmm. Is If their consolidation were to happen the Abitibi like that, what are your thoughts? Would that be a positive or would that just accrue more challenges for the juniors up in that area? A certain level of uh, consolidation is good um, because it ensures that there's going to be a concentration of focus and the the newly consolidated um, organization theoretically could throw everything at it including the kitchen sink in terms of, you know, having sufficient funds to go in and do what a Cisco has done with a million meter diamond drill program, right? But on the flip side, um, there's always something extremely healthy about competition and about various business models. Some like to do the JV uh, prospect generator model. Some like to go for bust. Uh, Some like to drill the kill. It's it's extremely healthy in our industry when you have that variety of business model and and you know different size budgets. Um, if 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 you go into a, a, a hyper consolidated mode, well, what happens when they have a corporate decision to slow down? Then everything slows down, and they they, they you know and and then all work shuts off. I like I like it when when. I like the philosophy of shit or get off the pot. And if, if one person or group has consolidated a lot of ground and for some reason they decide not to work, then that's, that does not benefit that set jurisdiction. Philippe, thank you so much for your time. Is there anything else you wanted to hit home with our listeners before we let you go? I would like to tell the listeners to look into the mining industry. We're an industry that in the past 30 years, we educated a certain number of investors and these investors are now 30 years into their into their investments and some of them are 65 to 75 years old and, and like and they're right to, to start to, to you know, bow out of the industry. I'd like the young listeners, the millennials to start to, to be interested in our in, in our industry and to you know to throw some of their dough into the into the ring. Well I've been fighting that fight for about eight years now so we can have that conversation another time maybe over a pint or something. For that. sure. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. That is Philippe Cloutier with Cartier Resources which trades on the TSX Venture with the symbol ECR and on the US OTC market with ECRFF. Mining Stock Daily is distributed over a dozen different networks throughout the world and in proud partnership with the Junior Mining Network. It is produced by Clear Creek Digital and Investment Research Dynamics Mining Stock Journal. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein.